now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. It is the holiday edition. We are still rolling through the Advent season. Hopefully your holidays are going well and you've not been too buried by snow if you're in the New England area as I am here. I am Alex Shane here as always. My good buddy Rich Hill breaking down all things Patriots and week 15 of the NFL season. There are three weeks to go. Patriots are still alive courtesy of a Raiders loss last night. Rich, let's break this all down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's jump right into it because the Patriots have a very steep hill to climb. But as you said, they got their first good news uh, in recent weeks. It feels like over the past two weeks, none of the games that they needed to go their way ever went their way. Um, but on Thursday night, the Chargers beat the Raiders in overtime, 30-27. to So thank you, Los Angeles, for getting absolutely decimated by New England a couple weeks ago. But give them a hand right here. So that's pretty big. The other games, Alec, and let, let's talk through what we think is going to happen this week about these games. The games of note for the Patriots this week. There's four of them. There are... Uh, the one and twelve Jaguars on the road against the eight and five Ravens. The four and nine Texans on the road against the nine and four Colts. Uh, you have the five and eight Lions on the road against the nine and four Titans. And then you have the nine and four Browns on the road against the Giants. And, and where the Patriots stand, what we broke down last time is that we think that one of the Patriots' best paths to the postseason is the Titans losing out. Um, but there are other ways too. You know, if the Colts lose out. The Patriots will get a help there. The Browns need to lose, uh, and, and then the, the Ravens need to lose at least two out of their last three games. Um, of those four games, do you think any of them are going to go the Patriots' way? Uh, we can cross off Jags-Ravens right now. There's <laughs> no way. The Jags go to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. It's not going to happen. So that leaves the Colts-Texans, Lions-Titans, and then Browns-Giants. Uh, I think of these three games... The one that is most likely to fall the Patriots' way, I think, in my opinion, is the Texans-Colts game. Again, I feel like the Texans just never quite got their feet under them to start the season, and they've come into their own a little too, little too late. Uh, I can definitely see them beating Indianapolis. It's a divisional game. Uh, Indy really needs this game to stay in playoff contention, and I can see the Texans upsetting the Colts here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... But yeah, I agree. There's no way that the the Ravens are going to lose to this Jaguars team. Uh, that's just not possible. Um, I, I will say that I think the Giants have a sneaky quiet chance to upset the Browns just because, you know, it's a big revenge game. You got the, the Freddie Kitchens over with the Giants. Uh, and then you have this Browns team that is honestly one of the worst 9-4 teams in NFL history. I think they still have a negative point differential. Their, their record is just absolutely absurd relative to how they've performed this year. Um, and then the Giants, not saying that they're a good team by any measure, um, but, you know, they're 4-1 they're and one over their past five games. Joe Judge has them playing pretty good defense right now. Uh, they, they have a top 10 defense, and especially if you look in recent weeks, they've been pretty solid. I mean, they've been average on offense and good on defense and good on special teams. That's a pretty winning recipe to win a close game. Um, and so... When you, you look at the record of the Browns versus the Giants, they're, they're pretty far apart, but how they've actually been performing is not too dissimilar. So if I had to put one surprise upset, it would be the Giants beating the Browns this week. 
And if I remember correctly, Rich, uh, if the Patriots are to win again, the Patriots have to win out. A single loss over the mm-hmm. weeks, 15 cents a day, are out of the playoffs. Very straightforward. Their playoffs have started. They start this Sunday. If the Colts and Giants uh, both uh, – if the Colts lose and the Giants lose and the Texans and the Ravens win, the Patriots uh, don't improve that much, but they improve significantly enough so they can still make a real push toward the end, correct? Uh, so I, I think the thought is is that – you know, if the Ravens win, uh, basically the Patriots need the Colts to lose out, and uh, or they need the Titans to lose out. So right. they don't need both of them to lose. It's basically just New England's walking a tightrope. As you said, their playoffs have started right now. Um, but the Browns, Colts, and Texans, they have nine wins. The Patriots ha- can get a maximum of nine wins this year. So if I, either of, or if any of those three teams earn a win over the rest of the year, it is impossible for New England to leapfrog them in the standings. So then they will secure their place ahead of the Patriots alongside the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Bills. And so that means that there would be five teams that it would be impossible for New England to catch, leaving just two final playoff spots. And of those two teams, you have the Dolphins who are 8-5, and five, the Ravens who are 8-5. and five. Um, and, and so you have the Patriots needing to surpass those teams. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, the Ravens are going to beat the Jaguars. They're going to move to nine and five. And that essentially means that the Patriots need a, a lot of help, basically. They do. And it all starts this Sunday against the Dolphins. Again, the Dolphins are right in the thick as well. They need this game as bad as the Patriots do. They're in better position than the Patriots are, but they have to keep winning in order to keep pace with the Buffalo Bills and the rest of the AFC in this playoff picture. Every year, Rich, it doesn't really matter who's under center or what the team looks like, how good they are, how bad they are. When the Patriots travel down to Miami, bad things usually happen, even when they're really good. So it has me a little scared with this Patriots team that just looked so terrible against the Rams last Thursday night. It seems like so long ago. Last Thursday night, they looked so bad to have to come down to Miami, a team, a place where they lose anyway regardless, and play a Dolphins team that has kind of been flying under the radar this season with how good they actually are. Yeah, well, you know, I just want to, you know, it is historically a house of horrors for the Patriots to go down to Miami, but I appreciated the Bill Belichick clap back that, you know, he's like, last year Patriots didn't struggle too much uh, against the Dolphins. They won 43-0 to zero back in week two against the uh, one of the worst teams in NFL history, at least for the first half of the year in that Dolphins team. But in general, you know, the year before you had that, uh, you know, uh, Hail Mary lateral play that, you know, Gronkowski had a, a bad angle that led to the Dolphins' comeback. Weird things happen when it's late in the year in Miami. End of point. So to that point, the Patriots have always been in a much better standing late in the year relative to the Dolphins over the past two decades. So we don't really know if the weird things that happen always go against the Patriots or if just weird things happen. Right, right. With the Dolphins being the favorite, is there a chance that the weird things could go the Patriots' favor? It's possible. Again, I feel like this is the season where the Patriots in the past have made those plays or gotten those bounces to win those close games, make that play at the end of the the, the game, or make that turnover or whatever the case may be. Hasn't happened this year at any point. I mean, any time where the Patriots needed a play to go their way or a bounce to go their way. It's gone the opposite way because I think, you know, luck is the recipe of design and, and talent, and this team's not that talented. So I think if we find ourselves in a situation on Sunday where the Patriots are in it late and have a chance to win with a drive, 
I, I personally can't see a kind of Miami miracle going New England's way based on this Dolphins defense because it's a pretty solid defense we're up against on Sunday. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the Patriots are against one of the top defenses in the entire league. Brian Flores, great, great, great defensive coach, putting players in the best possible chance to succeed. They rank number one in the league in turnovers forced, uh, number two in points allowed. They have a top 10 passing defense. They are just exceptional uh, up and down the board. I believe that they rank number one in the entire league in number like percentage of drives that end in points. Uh, so not points overall, but they just do a great job of keeping teams away from the end zone. They have a very good roster of players. They have some really good pass rushers and uh, Manny Ogba and Shaq Lawson. You had and Kyle Van Noy, who's still playing at an exceptionally high level for them. Uh, Flores really knows what to do with Van Noy. Uh, they, they have a good linebacker uh, in, in Jerome Baker who flies around the field. They have a solid defensive front. Christian Wilkins is really playing well. Uh, and then they just have a really, really elite secondary. If, if you look up and down who they have in that secondary, Xavier Howard is just lights out. He's just so good. Uh, Eric Rowe, you know, former Patriot, still doing very well. Very, very, very well for them. So this is an amazing defense. And if you are Josh McDaniels, and if you're looking at how the Patriots offense has struggled in recent weeks, what are you going to do to overcome this great Dolphins defense and what's going to make it different from other weeks? Uh, I can answer that question, Rich, but I can't answer it in a way that makes it different from other weeks. So I feel like <laughs> it's have one option week in and week out, and it's run the ball with Damian Harris. There's nothing in this receiving core that gives me any confidence. Although Julian Edelman did practice this past week. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be a go on Sunday. I believe he's listed as questionable on the official injury report. He might be out there providing a boost. Will he be this magic fix-all to these, this awful, awful passing attack? No, of course not. So I don't really see a scenario where they want to throw the ball anyway against this Miami secondary, even if they had a competent receiving core. But Dolphins aren't that good against the run. They're susceptible to the rushing attack. Their front line isn't great. So I don't know why they wouldn't try and establish the run and duplicate their game plan against the Chargers, where they ran the ball a lot. Cam Newton didn't need to make a lot of throws. The throws he did make were in perfect situations. It was fine. And Every time I say that, however, they tend to deviate from the rush <laughs> together and try and air it out. So maybe I should switch gears and say, go five wide, empty, no backfield, call the plays at <laughs> the line, a lot of quick slants, a lot of deep outs, and beat them through the air. That way they won't listen to me and they'll go, the, go on the ground. Yeah, it'll really catch you by surprise. That's the Belichick's yeah. game plan right there. <laughs> yeah, and so you look at what the Patriots' game plan was back in week one against the Dolphins, and I think that still applies, where they ran extraordinarily well against them. And obviously the Dolphins' defense is better now than they were back in week one. That's you know the trademark of a Bill Belichick-style defense is that you improve over the course of the year. But Cam Newton, 15 carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Sony Michelle, 10 for 37 and a touchdown. Patriots just found a way to just grind away, and then they protected the football while they were on offense. And that was the winning recipe. I, I imagine that at the end of the day, this is going to be a very low-scoring affair between these two teams. Uh, and if the Patriots are going to win, they're going to need to ensure that they can finally put points on the board when they get to the ends of their drives. Because that's where, A, they've historically struggled this year, and B, where the Dolphins have had a strength this year. And so when you get into the red zone, if I am Josh McDaniels, if I am Cam Newton, I'm going to need to have a little bit of trickery to take full advantage of every opportunity in that red zone. Because where the Patriots really fell apart against the Rams last week is that they got towards scoring position and then just were completely unable to finish the drives. And 
where do the Patriots improve? Uh, you got to feed the players that actually succeed. Uh, you know, you got to allow Cam Newton to stress the defense because he is one of the Patriots' best runners. Um, but also, you got to find Jacoby Myers. You got to allow Demir Bird to try and make plays down there because Jacoby Myers has zero touchdowns on the season, but he is Cam Newton's most reliable receiver. So you got to find ways to scheme opportunities for Myers to get the ball because he is one of the players with the best rapport with Cam Newton uh, and, and do what you can to, as you said, kind of do the unexpected, you know, run the ball to get down there. But once the field shrinks, you have to be able to catch the Dolphins in a way that they won't expect. I mean, you think about that one Rams drive, but they're at the goal line. I think their their four plays were run up the gut for no gain, run up the gut for no gain, run up the gut for no gain. And then like an option that got stopped in the backfield for negative two yards which was one of the four drives that ended in three total points in the red zone. Red zone offense has been absolutely atrocious. The Patriots, they're not that bad at moving the ball. They really are. They're able to get the ball to between the, the 20s pretty easily. Uh, just They just so always fall apart, and I'd love to see that. Maybe this is the game where they air it out. You know, they're, in, they're in desperation mode. They have to win, so what are they waiting for? You know, This is kind of the time of the year where you're making a playoff push. Maybe you save some of those plays for the playoffs. You know, we saw it against the Ravens in 2014, that Edelman to Amendola pass. These things you pull out of the playbook when you really need to play in the playoffs. But if you're not going to make the postseason, why save those plays? So I would love to see some wide receivers catch touchdown passes on Sunday. It'd be a nice change of pace. However, I'm staying along the offensive line for my X factor. I think Jermaine Illuminor needs a big day. Uh, again, the Dolphins aren't great in the defensive line. It's not like they're this like, world-beating, pass-rushing machine the way that the Rams were with Aaron Donald. But uh, Illuminor really struggled this past week against Aaron Donald, understandably. He was limited all week with an ankle. And I think if he's going to be a factor then the Dolphins will have a much harder time getting to Cam Newton and allow that running game to go. So hopefully Illuminor and the offensive line holds up and allows them to do what they do. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with that. I think the offensive line needs to have a good game. Uh, they need to allow Cam Newton to have some time in the pocket because while last week Cam Newton just showed that he does not have consistently good pocket presence, if any, any time that the offensive line can give him will help them be better. Um, I, I would say that while I do think that the offensive line needs to succeed, my X factor will always go to an offensive skill player. I know I mentioned Jacoby Myers as needing an opportunity to get his first touchdown pass of, or reception of the year. Uh, I, I do think that he needs to have a, a big day, but I'm going to point towards the tight ends here. Uh, I, I think that you look at all of the Patriots tight ends, all of them, any of them, please, please, please. One of you catch a touchdown. <laughs> like the the fact that the Patriots just have not found a tight end in the red zone when they are the biggest targets for the Patriots, uh, they need to do better because Cam Newton's safety net has always been Greg Olson. It's always been a big tight end. So New England needs to find a way to get them an opportunity, get them a matchup where the tight ends hopefully can get a matchup against a linebacker because this is a great secondary. I don't imagine that the receivers will have too much success against this secondary of Miami, but there are still matchups that could happen that the Patriots could have the, the upper hand on. So are you making the claim that a Patriots rookie tight end gets a reception? <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to say I make the claim that they're going to do it. <laughs> uh, I, I think that if the Patriots have any chance of winning, they're going to need to get the tight ends involved. They, they can't just absolutely just pass off an entire position that the New England has historically really relied upon to give the offense flexibility. Uh, and, and so if they're going to finish drives, then absolutely a tight end will need to produce. 
I'll tell you, one thing you and I are going to break down this coming offseason, Rich, is the tight end position as a whole across the NFL and at the college level and how college coaches don't really devote time and resources to catching tight ends and how that translates into the NFL. But that's a whole other podcast I don't have time to get into right now. Because we're going to talk about this Patriots defense against this Dolphins offense. This is one area I think the Patriots match up pretty well. The Dolphins offense is okay. They're not world beaters. Uh, Tua's having a very good season, but he's a rookie quarterback and a lefty quarterback, which are two things Belichick has fared well against traditionally. Belichick has yet to lose to a left-handed quarterback in his career as a Patriots head coach, and he does fairly well against rookie quarterbacks overall as well. If you are Belichick, Steve, Bill, or whoever, and you're looking at this Dolphins offense, what they do well, what they don't do well, how are you attacking it and minimizing points? Yeah, I mean, this is an offense that is not great but they complement that defense pretty well. You know, they, they are an average offense most of the time, and that is usually enough to keep them competitive at the end of the day. Two is obviously a growing player, uh, and he's still trying to find his footing, and I don't believe that this Dolphins offense necessarily has a real grouping of world beaters for them, but they have some good players in uh, Devontae Parker, who has had some, you know, either a boom-bust situation against New England where either he absolutely dominates Stephon Gilmore or he has zero catches uh, across the entire game. They have Mike Jusecki, who's dealing with a little bit of an injury on his own, um, so we'll see what's going with him. But he's a very good receiving tight end. Bill Belichick, you may acknowledge, he doesn't do much in line, but he is a big receiver out there. So Kyle Duggar will absolutely have his hands full against that veteran. Um, and then you have Jakeem Grant, who is a very fast player, historically has had a lot of success against the Patriots. He comes out of the slot. And then you have your running back. You know, the, the Dolphins have had a lot of injuries at the running back position this year. They're kind of just putting whoever they can out there. But in true, you know, Brian Flores, Bill Belichick-esque fashion, they've been finding ways to succeed and produce with the running backs, and they're kind of interchangeable. But with this offense... You have Parker and Jasicki, who I think are the, the two biggest names. And, of course, you have to put Stephon Gilmore against Parker. And I do think that Duggar is the best fit against Jasicki. And, and if I am the Patriots and how Bill Belichick, you know, how did he structure his defense against Justin Herbert and the, the Los Angeles Chargers? How is he going to try and ensure that Tua, as a rookie, does not ever get into a comfortable groove I think that Belichick is going to have to focus on making sure that Tua doesn't get to settle in the pocket. And uh, that, that's where my focus will be, is on not letting him settling into the offense. So would you say, Rich, that you know the Belichick strategy of take away your best weapon, make them beat you with your third, fourth, fifth guy, would that be focused more on Tua and his ability as a runner? Is that the quote-unquote best weapon they're going to try and take away on Sunday? No, because two is not even really a runner. You know, he, he's not as mobile as a lot of these other players that the Patriots typically face. What he's good is he's able to produce while he's on the move, um, but he's not necessarily like a big runner out there. So, I mean, what the Patriots should do uh, is stop Devontae Parker, is stop Mike Jasicki, because those are the players that drive this entire Dolphins offense. Uh, and honestly, like the best way to stop this Dolphins offense is to ensure that they don't have good field position, is to have great special teams play and force them to go on 80-plus yard drives because they just don't have the offensive talent to produce. And it's in the way that the Patriots offense doesn't have the talent to produce consistently on 80-plus yard drives. And so if the Patriots are able to, you know, if Stephon Gilmore in particular is able to erase Devontae Parker, then there goes the neighborhood. And I don't think the Dolphins will be able to really move the ball with too much success. 
tell you, man, I would love to see the Patriots shut down the Dolphins' tight end. That's the positional grouping that worries me the most. Uh, it's definitely Gusecki's position in terms of uh, production. But I think Adam Shaheen's very underrated tight end. He's not really a machine in terms of receptions, but he's a good move tight end. He's a really big dude. He's like 6'7", 265. Uh, and if he kind of comes as an outlet, if the pass rush starts getting there, I think it could be a very long day for the Patriots because tight ends have tended to gash this team at times. Uh, especially given the fact that every time a tight end that's not a Patriot catches the ball more, it's like, oh, well, must be nice having a tight end <laughs> roster that can catch a pass. Um, and that's going to – well, I'm gonna actually, I'm going to totally agree with you on Kyle Duggar. I also think Adrian Phillips is due for a, for a big one as well as mm-hmm. a, maybe a little less of a cover, uh, less of a, a, a run-stuffing linebacker, but more of kind of a a, a safety on on tight end outlet, kind of make sure it doesn't really happen and maybe keep, keep two in the pocket. So uh, Phillips is my X factor for this Sunday. I like that. I mean, I think Phillips has done an exceptional job for the Patriots at the heart of their defense, so I really like what he brings to the table. Uh, I'm going to go with that defensive front, though, with both being required to stop the run game of the Dolphins and also to ensure that Tua never gets comfortable in there. Uh, you know, I expect good things out of Adam Butler. I expect good things out of Lawrence Guy. But a player who has been asked to play a lot this year, but who hasn't produced as much as you would have expected or would have liked, is John Simon. He's been on the edge for the Patriots. He has two sacks and four quarterback hits. And he's been okay. He has been fine. He doesn't make too many egregious mistakes but he also doesn't make too many things happen and I, I think that this is a game where john simon who has been quiet all year needs to make something happen because if he's able to disrupt Tua, if he's able to hit him early or if he's able to at least do enough up front so that other players can make their plays then once you get Tua seeing ghosts once you get him feeling pressure then it makes the entire game easier for the rest of the defense. And then perhaps New England will be able to force a few turnovers. Tell you, man, he's been okay. It's kind of been the, the name of the season, hasn't it? Yeah, he's doing okay. <laughs> but that's all right. I agree with you, and we'll get there if all goes well. All right, man. Well, let's look to the prediction chart that I've got here. Uh, you technically won. You had the, uh, the Rams beating the Patriots 23-21 in a real close one. Uh, I had the Pats winning that game 20-14. to there was an absolute slaughter. It was, I think it was 23 nothing by the, by the time the first half was over. So <laughs> you, get to, you get to pick the prediction for this one. Patriots at Miami with the season on the line. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, it's on the road. I'm, I'm going to go Miami here. Just going to say that up front. I think that the Dolphins are a better team than this Patriots team. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring affair. I don't think it'll be a super fun game to watch. It's definitely going to be a grinded-out, a lot of running game, uh, not a lot of passing success for either team. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins winning this one, 17-14, uh, where you know Patriots get the ball at the late in the game, opportunity to either kick a field goal and tie it or do something to, to win the game, and I, I don't think that they'll be able to do it, and though therefore the season will end uh, for New England. But that's that's my guess, just based off of seeing how they were unable to succeed against a Rams team, uh, and this Dolphins defense is just better. We've also seen the Patriots and Bill Belichick struggle against his protégés, Brian Flores last season and Mike Rabel, and like it seems to be a, a little bit of a... Uh, a blip on, on former players or assistants catching up to him a little bit as of late. Uh, I also think the Dolphins are going to win this game. However, I'm going to pick the Patriots just to make it easy on picking up who wins next week. And the Patriots need this game more than the Dolphins do, obviously. The Dolphins, I don't believe, are mathematically eliminated with a loss. The Patriots are. They know their backs to the wall. 
They are coming off such a bad performance on Thursday night that can't sit well with a lot of players. They've had extra time to prepare. I do know that Miami is that house of horrors, and they tend to lose down there, especially this late in the season. But I feel like this is the kind of game where they can see what they have. And if nothing else, even if things don't go their way and they, they win this game and next week they're eliminated due to the other things around the league, they can at least get a good sense of who they are as a team and the bounce back. Uh, and so I think that the Patriots control the ball, they control the clock, they win this one 21 to 10. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That'll be a uh, great if the Patriots are able to keep their season alive. Uh, we'll have all the analysis on patspulpit.com and we'll ensure that, you know, we'll be breaking down the game right afterwards. Uh, Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 15 of the NFL season? Uh, hopefully the next time you and I convene Rich Hill, it will be in a game that matters. The Patriots are still alive in the postseason. I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to react uh, when the season's still going on and the Pats aren't in the playoffs. That'll be a new a new vibe for me. So <laughs> have to work cool. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy.